This is Founders Talk, an interview podcast hosted by me, Adam Stachowiak. We profile founders building businesses online as well as offline. And if you found this show on iTunes, we're also on the web at 5x5.tv slash Founders Talk. If you're on Twitter, follow Founders Talk at me, Adam Stack. Today's guest is Noah Kagan, founder of AppSumo. Enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Noah Kagan. That's a little joke on the inside here. <laughs> founder of AppSumo. I'm glad to have you on the show, Noah. How are you doing today? Doing phenomenal. Doing okay. JetBlue's being kind of mean to me, but uh, I'm doing all right. JetBlue's being mean to you? What's going on? Uh, I don't <laughs> I had a $200 credit, and I guess they expire your credit if you don't use it. So uh, I kissed that $200 goodbye. So I told them I'd, I'd contact a few of their managers. So I'm looking for – it's $200, so it's worth at least 10 to 15 minutes of my time to try to get it back. And then after that, I'll just give it up. Yeah. Um, but it's just so – it's funny because you see these other businesses, and you're like, man, if I ran my business like them – well, shit, I don't know how they stay in business, but I figured I'd go out of business. I don't know how they do it either. Service-based businesses, I mean, you have to – Customer service, number one, right? So AppSumo, that leads us to, to this awesome startup you started up about a year ago. It's been coined as the Groupon of web applications. You do a bunch of cool stuff. You offer deals for web apps. What's this? What, who are you and what is this business about? That's a great question. Uh, so this business is kind of solving the number one problem for other businesses, which is getting customers. And the way it kind of came about was I was working at Gambit, which did payments for social games and Frankly, it was, it was kind of a money-banking business. It was just to make money. It was an opportunity business. And a lot of the partners we worked with were like, you know, thank you for helping us, but we don't really want more payment options. We want more, more customers. Get us the customers. Um, and I also did some of the marketing at Mint.com. So I was like, well, why don't I put those two to, you know, well, one, I want to create value, which Gambit didn't, I don't really think we did a great job of. And two, I, you know, I want to take some of the marketing things I've learned from Mint.com and, and create a business that helps others get new customers. And so we've kind of brought in that. That's what AppSumo is today, where we help companies get new customers and we help customers find cool stuff, uh, specifically digital, kind of originally targeted to startups. Yeah, I see this is sort of changing how product marketing is happening. I was going to ask you a little later on, you know, what you see happening in that space and how it's changing just in general product marketing. Um, but before we dive too deeply into that, let's maybe get a brief history of, of Noah and, and what you've been about. Where, where have you been? What have you done over the past few years? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do the interesting highlights, uh, highlight reel. So I started off my first year of college at Intel, which was in hell, I guess sometimes people refer to it. I was a, I was a cubicle, cubicle monkey. Uh, specifically, I did a supply chain management optimizing uh, production of laptop chips for Pentium 4. Uh, so it was very, very exciting. Uh, but I always wanted to work in a startup. So I kind of, I sent in my resume to Facebook and I ended up getting that job, which is a totally random. Uh, and that was just an insane party, uh, for about eight, nine months when I worked there right in the beginning, I think it was like employee 30 or 50. It was definitely one of the early guys. Um, and so that was a, that was a wild ride where got to work on a lot of things. I came up with the Facebook status updates I worked on Facebook ads, Facebook mobile, search, and some other products. Uh, It didn't work out with me and Marky Baby. Uh, And so I ended up kind of, actually, they let me go. Mark did, and that was kind of tough. I was depressed for about a year. And uh, during that that time, I kind of like, I consulted for a few companies. I actually went and taught business in Korea for two weeks. Uh, And I ended up getting introduced to the guys at Mint.com just to kind of check it out. And I fell in love. I was like, you know, this is... I haven't seen anything like this in five years online, and I just knew I had to work there. Uh, and so the only job they had was a, a director of marketing. And I didn't really ever do marketing officially or unofficially. And so I was like, I want the job. And Aaron, who's a, he's a very methodical and very strategic person, was just like, hell no. <laughs> you know, like, you've got no skills. Right. And I was like, true, I don't have skills. But I got brains, dinosaur brains. And um, I was like, well, give me, give me a chance. Let me go. You know, I really wanted it. And so I said, give me a week. And for free, I'm going to come back to you with a marketing plan and I'm going to do, you know, I'll spend all the time in the investment. There's no cost to you or, or risk and I'll bring it to you. And if you like it, then give me a, you know, give me a 90 day contract. And if you like my 90 day work with my execution, then give me a job. And he did. I came back with a week. I mean, I, I worked a whole week on it and if he didn't like it, then I wasted a week of time. But, you know, I took the risk, did it and got the job and. Uh, helped do all the marketing for Mint, and then they got sold to uh, 
to Intuit. Intuit. Yeah. One hundred fifty billion dollars. Um, I think the best thing about going to the startup world is always my mom. I remember when I went to Facebook, she's like, I don't get why you don't want to stay at Intel. You got to stay at Intel. It's the best thing. You got health insurance. <laughs> Um, and then when I was at Intel, and when I was at Facebook, my mom was always saying, "I don't know about this Facebook. I always they're talking about the MySpace a lot." Noah, you need to get on Oprah. Talk about the talk about the Facebook. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's always funny. And now my mom is with with AppSumo. My mom's like, "It's Groupon is everywhere, everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> and so she uh, she always gives me marketing advice. Now she's like, "I'll come back to that." But she gives me marketing advice. Noah, you got to get on the radio. They're letting. They're laying people on the radio. Get on the radio. And so I've officially hired her. I said, Mom, you are now in charge of our radio promotion. So anytime you want to, you hear the radio, you should call them and get on it if you, if you think it's the right time because she keeps telling me to do it. So anyways, uh, at Mint, towards the end of my, my, my working there, I started building Facebook apps. Um, is this going on too long? Is it boring? I can stop. No, no, no. I think that you're getting into the game part. So, I mean, you bled into being a game designer on Facebook, right? Yeah. So Mint was like, I built all the marketing. We grew to like, you know, 30,000 plus people before we even launched. We were bigger than all of our competitors combined. But my ultimate goal in life was to build, to be my own boss. That's, you know, my dad did that. I was always admiring that. Like it was just what I, it was just my destiny and what I wanted to do. I find it's funny how destiny can be whatever you choose it to be. And so I chose, I was like, you know, I'm going to make it happen. And so I saw my buddy build a Facebook app and I, you know, when I got let go of Facebook, I didn't use it for a whole year. You know, I was living in a house with six other Facebook guys. So I moved out of there that same day. Um, it was my life, man. I was, it was crushing. I can talk more about, I think a lot of people are like, oh man, you've done all these cool things, but it's like, let me tell you how many times I've been depressed. Let me tell you how much drinking I've done. Uh, no, I'm kidding, mom. So yeah, mom's definitely listening to this. Is, this is like the internet radio. This is internet <laughs> broadcasting as Dan says. Dude, she's big on five by five, man. That's her thing. Yeah, yeah, dude. She listens every day. She's like, oh man, I'm going to learn all these tips. Seriously. Well, she's, uh, she's teaching me how to go viral. So anyway, I hope she listens to all the shows and comes back and, and tells me what to do. Well, mom's the best. Seriously, moms are good. Um, so what happened with my mom? Not with my mom. Good Lord, look what you're doing. So, <laughs> so I, started, I saw my friend and he had a Facebook app and it had like Amazon affiliate links on it. And I knew that profile pages were getting about 40 pages a person. And I knew that because I worked there. And so I was like, holy crap, if you can put these affiliate links on and they get exposed, like that's some serious dough. I can really get my, you know, my lifestyle business. Because my dream was to build a business and go to Thailand and work on the beach. I dreamed of like living that lifestyle, like kind of four hour week. And I don't know if that was before the book came out. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, let me try out these apps. And so what I did was I looked at uh, the categories of all the Facebook apps. And I said, well, which category has the least amount of competition and is the most monetizable? And so sports were the least, monetiz- uh, least competition. So I chose sports to pick as the, the target market. And then I chose, uh, the, I saw the most popular app, which was soccer. And I said, well, why don't I create uh, basketball, baseball, football, hockey apps, which were letting people put the logos of their favorite teams on their profile. And I could, and I knew it was monetizable because I could sell their team merchandise. And so, uh, a buddy of mine, Joe from my church introduced me to a guy in the Philippines. I don't even remember his name. Um, and so for 20 bucks an hour, me and him built, uh, baseball, basketball, and football apps. Um, and I had a guy in India scrape all the logos from, uh, Wikipedia. And then we put it on there and I remember I was at a Techstars event in 2008 speaking and I like the app went live and then literally I'm speaking at the event and then my speech is over an hour later. We're at a hundred thousand people. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, I don't even think you can imagine that feeling. It's like four orgasms at an, once. An hour later. Yeah, literally. And then a week later we were about a million people. Um, so I'm just like, and it's funny because I was at mint while this is happening. I'm, and, but during the day my servers are crashing and, you know, like servers are down, all this other drama. Um, anyways, it, it's just, uh, it was definitely a wild ride that I got. Did your intentions with the metrics work out then with the page views and the affiliate links yeah, and stuff? Ended up, we ended up, I ended up focusing less on monetization and more on the growth, but we ended up getting at like 50 to a hundred dollars a day in Amazon affiliate credit. I got an acquisition offer from water cooler who became kabam for about a hundred thousand cash, uh, after about a month. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. Because I thought it was, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I don't regret it, but they offered 100000 cash. I had investors from Excel and KP contacting me. And I didn't actually put my name on there because I was working at Mint during the daytime. Um, but we, you know, I think we were the number one app for quite a while, or number one developer for quite a while. Uh, so it was definitely you know, definitely interesting experience. We had lots of drama, too. It was like one of our guys that I hired, he ended up like hacking the code and taking the, the apps down for a day. Um, 
definitely uh you know when you're on those up upticks or the that that part of the circ, uh the hockey stick or whatever they call it these days it's a it's a great feeling but it's a wild ride and so other days when you're kind of it's slower you're like what the hell do i do all day so it's uh it's definitely been an interesting experience and so anyways we were doing these games and and i moved the company to argentina so i fulfilled my dream um which was taking the company and working abroad and, and as it happened when i got to argentina i kind of was just i did a quarter life reflection and i realized that i didn't you know i didn't really care to build sports games um i didn't really want to build any games it just wasn't something i really cared to do um and so i kind of took a, a hiatus but i had, I had we had a little bit of an investor um and we had I had a few other people working with us uh and so it's difficult when you have other people expecting and you're not delivering because they're working and they're looking at you as you know in retired mode or whatever it is right so you're like the founder who's like sitting back watching everybody else yeah, and I mean, if you're an employee or if you're a teammate and you see that guy, it's like, how the hell does that motivate you to work or make money? And basically, it's like, yeah, let's go make him rich. And I think, you know, for most businesses, that's fine. Like if, you know, most jobs, like you work and you make your salary and your health benefits and the CEOs and stockholders make all their money. And I guess in startup, there's, a, you know, it's a different mentality, especially if, you know, the other guys have equity where they're like, well, you have the bulk of the equity, but I have equity and you're not really helping make create value for me. So why the hell am I going to go do it for you? Right. Um, and so that was a good moment in my life where I, you know, I needed time for myself and I looked for meaning and I did a lot of tango and a lot of wine and it was just, it was enjoyable, uh, made a lot of smoothies and then, but eventually I got to an ultimatum and I, I know this is taking a long time. I can speed it up and just get to where we're No, at. I'm, I'm actually curious. So what, what was the ending of this? What, how did things turn out? Towards the end of the, the time in Argentina, it basically it ended because my two partners and the investor uh, we're saying, you know, there's a few options here, Noah, either you're going to quit, we're going to quit, you dissolve, we're going to dissolve the company or you get back to work. And I originally was going to rent a Fiat 600, which is a tiny little car and just kind of travel around South America chilling, uh, working on a little bit on the work internet stuff, but then just kind of exploring and, and seeing life. And I guess at that point I really didn't know what to do. So I kind of defaulted to the easy solution for me, which was like, well, shit, I should probably just work. <laughs> um, I was scared. I didn't know what else to do. It was, it was kind of a tough decision. And so, so you worked and you brought the company back to life or? Well, so I, well, we had to make equal equity. So instead of me being the owner of the company with like 70% equity, I had to be, we split up the shares equally. So that is a big, that was a big thing for the company. Um, we ended up start keep building games, which fuck, like I really, it's kind of sad, but we spent six months building a game. Uh, and I was really just hoping it would fail so the company could go out of business, which is like a, it's such a horrible thing. <laughs> wow. To that doesn't sound like happiness at all. I know. God, life is so empty. Uh, this is why I listen to dashboard confessional dude. Um, and so in Argentina, I basically wrapped it up and I came back and we worked on this game for like six, seven months. And like, it was definitely the opposite of a lean startup, uh, where, you know, we got lawyers and we got approvals and we did all the things right. And then, um, there's a lot more to the story. Basically, we try to put everything on this destination site called Bed Arcade, which we would take all of that Facebook traffic. This is about a, a year of doing the Facebook games, and I left Mint full time to do this. So we, our thought was we'd take all our Facebook games and we'd put them into this one sports betting site. So it was fantasy sports betting where you bet on sports and you can win cash, kind of like a – it was a subscription model like Netflix. You pay 20 bucks a month and we split up the money. And so after eight months, we finally launched it, and it was like Flop Central. Wow. Uh, People liked it, but it, it like broke even, and it and it was kind of you know, for me personally. Like I don't gamble, and I don't follow sports. I follow like ESPN top ten, and then championships. Uh, and so I was just like, I really hope this fails, and I really hate working on this. And so it, it's it's always taught me a lot of different things. And so that that experience of working on it was one. I, I validate businesses like in a week. If anybody needs more time to validate in a week, email me. It's Noah at AppSumo, and I will help you validate it within a few hours or within a week. Because we took eight months on something, I think we could have learned a lot of lessons on it much quicker. Uh, other takeaways around that were like, if you're going to work with partners, like we had, there's, the story even goes further, and it's really more interesting. But uh, it's a marriage. Like you really need to get to know people before you commit and give equity to other people. Like you really need to understand. Like I love giving equity. It's one of the things I really enjoy because I want everyone. Like in Absum, almost everyone has equity. Uh, my other partners in, in Gambit don't really like giving equity to other people. They're just a lot more strict about how they want to give it out. And it's little things like that. But what I'm saying is like, if you're going to have partners or co-founders, like be very clear about how, you know, how the work habits are, how the output is, how complimentary are like personality wise, 
And so with, with AppSumo, like we have a beer test. It's like, do I want to drink beer with this person? And that's actually part of our hiring process. Hmm, a beer test. Yeah. I mean, we don't do body shots off them. Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But we, it's, it's like if you're a really good performer, um, but you're not someone we want to really want to hang out with, then yeah, I will, I, you know, I don't want to hire you and the rest of the team will hire you. So like I'm trying to empower my, the team. So like my sales guy, the sales lead, Matt sales sumo or biz dev sumo, he didn't like, he thought one guy was really good, but he was just like, yeah, this guy's just not cool. I didn't, wouldn't want to go hang out with him. I was like, well, do you want to hire him or not? He's like, no. So Matt, the decision. So you based all this on this, this beer test, basically. This yeah. notion that you would actually want to work with them. I mean, that, that totally is logical, right? You would think that that would be a logical metric to, to choosing an employee or even giving someone equity. You would think that'd be logical. Yeah, I mean, I think people don't really... I don't think people... I don't know. I've had different philosophies around this. I think with equity, you have to be very, very careful. It's like a very strict marriage. And I think with the beer test, it's more about a cultural fit. Like the guy Malcolm Gladwell says something interesting in Blink where he said, you basically in a job interview decide within the first like 10 or 30 seconds if you are going to hire them or not. And then you spend the next 20 minutes or however long justifying that. When I worked at Intel, during my interview process, the guy's like, where do you want to be in five years? And I told him, I was like, not here. <laughs> and the, the guy busts up laughing. He's like, me neither. I was like, this is crazy. And he ended up leaving like, you know, before I left. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. Anyways, like, I think that, so I would say with, you know, equity, it's, I would be careful if you're giving out majority or significant pieces of equity. If it's smaller pieces, it's less important. Um, but I guess the, the takeaways at a high level are founders and partners are very critical if you want to have one to make sure you like them. Secondly, I love giving equity. I think everyone in every company should have equity. Like, I love everyone having an, an uh, stake in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Everyone should. Well, it makes them work harder, makes them enjoy life more. I mean, especially if yeah. it's part of their happiness and they really enjoy what they're doing. I mean, totally. having some ownership and tr- building true value, not only for the company, but th- for themselves for the long term. I mean, that's, that's incentive. And it's so insignificant. That's the thing that people realize. Like, if you own 90% or if you own 89.5, but that guy gets like his jollies off. Like, how much harder is he going to work on your thing? Oh, like, he's making you wealthy. And he gets his piece, too, and you're not treating him badly. But it's, like, it's so insignificant, especially if your business isn't, like, you know, how many businesses actually succeed to a level that equity is worth something? Very, very few. Um, Don't be greedy. I think it's greedy, and it's, like, it's hard to, to realize. So uh, let's, let's, let's speed it up again. No, yeah, let's, so, let's come back into AppSumo. Let's talk about, okay, so we got a, a decent bit of Noah's history. We got a decent bit of where you've been at. Um, what is AppSumo? How did you get this started? Yeah, so that's actually a really good point. So we were doing the game stuff, and then finally it, it all kind of flailed out. And we realized, like, oh, we suck at building games, but there's a lot of money maybe in building payments for games because we felt like the competition sucked. And so we actually built it for our own games and then started powering it for other people's games. And that business took off to be a multi-million dollar business within six months. Wow. So. Yeah, it's called Gambit, and they're still going. Now they're doing video advertising. We got banned by Facebook, which is a a whole other podcast in itself. Um, But the point being is we realized that, and I hate the pickaxe shovel because it's so cheesy, but it was more about opportunity. It was basically like an opportunity business. And so I've learned I'm only doing businesses that I'm passionate about. Like I don't do it if I don't give a shit. Um, And so with Gambit, yeah, we basically did that for about six months, nine months, and then I don't know know how long I did it for. But I worked my ass off for a good year, and I realized at the end of it, when we got banned by Facebook, I'm like, I don't care. Like if I died tomorrow or, you know, would I give a shit if this was still going and I wouldn't. And so, but I did realize that everyone wanted more customers and I realized that, you know, there's salesforce.com, which is worth billions of dollars. So that, and that kind of showed me that, you know, Hey, the, the, the SaaS web business market is going to be big. And then I saw the Woot and Mac heist and Groupon models where I was like, Oh, that's an interesting way of distribution. And so I kind of put all those together and I left Gambit and I started building out Sumo. So that, that's, sorry, to make it a long story, that's kind of where we went, how we got to AppSumo today. And so you have obviously some technical skills or you don't have technical skills to build AppSumo? I mean, you've been building games and stuff, so obviously, right? So I started CS at Berkeley for two years and I realized I wasn't smart for that. It's just not the way I think about some of the things. And so I realized, all right, well, I have a good foundation in it. Now I can actually like code a little bit and I can talk to people about it. And then we built the Facebook apps I was doing coding and then for the beginning of AppSumo, I built it with some guys in Pakistan. Like I looked on PHP scripts for like members database, and then I built the members database. Um, and so my, my coding is good enough that I can read it, I can do it, uh, but it's not the best use of my time. Actually, I saw a cool title yesterday called a business engineer. 
And I actually think that's kind of true because I can code a little, you know, enough to get by that, and I can do enough SQL queries that I don't need to ask to run data or reports. Um, I would say any business person must learn SQL. Like that shit is crazy valuable, um, and you can like do so much more with your business just understanding it. So that, that's kind of where I am today. Now I hardly code. Maybe more I do like you know HTML or CSS changes, but I don't. We're, we moved to Django, and I've, I've actually built most stuff in PHP. Uh, and AppSumo was originally built with me and, and some guys in Pakistan in, for, in PHP. They built it for sixty bucks. They built the the payments part with me. And I like one of the um, one of the things that you actually say when people buy at AppSumo: one hundred percent happiness guaranteed for any reason, any time before you die. Who came up with that? <laughs> uh, I did. I, well, because we were doing it anyways, and I was always curious. Like people always guarantee anything, and I was just like, why don't we do a time guarantee? Um, because it's a digital good, so the, the cost to us and to the partners isn't super significant. Um, and, and actually what I've realized is that like, I want people to return things and mostly I want them to return it so that they realize that they can have a good experience with us. Like I want them to have a good experience the first time, like they come, they buy, they get the product, they have a great experience, but I also want them to come and say, Hey, I returned AppSumo was cool with it. Um, and you know, I'll definitely buy from them again and tell my friends. And I thought the die thing was interesting because I was like, you know, no one says that yet. So I, you always just hear these outlandish guarantees, that, and so I wanted something that I'm like people actually was like, wow, that's kind of unique. So for those who don't know much about AppSumo, or maybe just had a couple um, links sent to them from friends, like, oh, you got to check this out; it's it's awesome; it's on AppSumo. What are some of the deals that they can see on AppSumo? Like, give us a, an idea of one of the more recent uh, deals you've done. Yeah, and AppSumo is—I hate the daily deal kind of terminology. It's more of like a distribution. We're like a marketplace around digital tools. So the deals we've done in the past have been. Uh, it's any, it's kind of like knowledge workers, folk, generally startup people. So we've done like LinkedIn, uh, Heroku, Evernote, MailChimp, FreshBooks. Like these next two weeks, we're doing WordPress deals. Uh, the next two weeks, we're doing like get better deals. We've done productivity. We've done games. Um, it's kind of all centered around digital products. And now we're kind of exploring uh, informational products. So like ebooks on teaching WordPress, ebooks on teaching you know startups open source, which is a great book by Jared. Yeah, I love that. Actually, that's that's uh, that's what I emailed you back from to get you on this show because I bought that. I was like, that's awesome. And you're in that oh. book too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great book. And so for me, it's just like if I can help help better startups. Like, what, what's really cool is like we help great customers get great software, and vice versa. And so that that's a really great feeling of like, <laughs> this book is amazing. Can I, can we please share it with with the AppSumo people? And he was like, yeah, sure. And and then he wrote a blog post how he made like you know, ten thousand dollars or. I think we made him like five thousand uh, in a week or something pretty crazy. So that was a it's a really great feeling. Like we all, I mean, I love that, and that's why I, I'm doing AppSumo versus doing a money making business or more so focus on money making like Gambit. It's more like, all right, I want to create a business that I get emails every day or every week that people say you guys rock or I love what you're doing or hey, that was my idea first. Um, <laughs> I actually get those once in a while, but yeah, it's just it's a great feeling to to be able to help people like that. And I, I see, I'm looking at your, your partnership page, which is absumo.com slash business. And I can't tell if this is what I'm reading or not, but it says you never pay us for anything too good to be true. And it's got a little smiley face there. So do your partners actually pay you any money? How do you make money? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So uh, the way the model works is that let's say you have a product that sells for $100. Uh, we put it on AppSumo for some price and we agree that we'll pay you uh, some amount for everyone we sell. And so we don't charge them. I mean, and we don't charge the companies for the exposure for the people that don't even buy. So we email uh, over 80,000 people and about over 100,000 people are going to see your deal from social media sharing and then from press that we go get. Um, and what's cool is like you don't, I mean, if you have to go do AdWords for a lot of these kind of web businesses, one, they may not know how to do it well, or it's going to cost them $50 a lead. And we're actually negative dollars. We're paying them to bring them customers. So they never actually give you or write you a check. They never give you any money. It's always, uh, it's me. So if I buy, it's my dollars you get. And then you then agree on a set price that you're going to give them for their product that might be worth 100 bucks. You might give them less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we don't want people to be on AppSumo that aren't excited to be there. And we've turned away people because they're like, yeah, I don't know if this is right for us. And I'm like, perfect. Well, we, well not perfect, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm glad I, you I said that because you're not a fit then. Yeah, I don't want I don't want them to do it if they're not a fit unless they're really excited to be on it. Um, unless they're excited to be on it, it doesn't make sense for them. Uh, and so, some companies it's not the right time; other companies it is, and it's just it's just part of the game for us. 
And you also have some deals that actually span a length of time. Like you've got um, actually this one I'm I'm really thinking about buying. It's the one that says take Facebook ads by the neck. I I love this one. It's actually part of a new series that you're starting up uh, called Action Videos. What's this about? Yeah. So the idea there was that um, two things. One, grass is always greener. So when we're doing AppSumo, it's really cool that we can build a, a destination that people are coming to find cool software. And that's actually surprising. A lot of people tell me though i'm like why do you like app sumo i'm like i just i'm curious like why i'm like oh you guys like find cool stuff for us i'm like oh that's cool so you're the, cur- so you're the curators yeah and it's just really neat like i didn't realize that people actually would appreciate that about us and they do and and i love those people um and i'm like i, I tell them that a lot of times in our emails it says love it's like you build our business like i mean you make you help us provide for people to work on this and that that's great um and so the action videos it was like i was looking online and like there's lynda.com, which is kind of for old people. I mean, it's not insulting. It's just like it's more old school. And then I was looking, you know, you read Hacker News, you read Reddit, you read all these random blogs. Like there's a lot of fluff, light content. Like how I changed a button to get a 20% increase in conversion. <coughs> Crazy. Um, but there wasn't any like super high quality, super highly polished expert content on actionable information. Either a lot of it was like very company specific or it was too generalized. Like how I added a like button and it grew my pages by 10 people, uh, which I just thought was shitty. And so what, you know, what we wanted to do was we wanted to create something that we owned. So that was part one, because on AppSumo, it, it does get tough always having to go out and reach to companies. I was going to say that, that whole process of finding and, and negotiating oh and transferring and accepting and agreeing and terms and stuff, it's got to get, it's got to take up a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, some deals are amazing. Like, Jared's a buddy, so it was easy. But, like, LinkedIn took me about a year to get. Um, but the action videos, if we make it, then we own it and we could distribute it whenever we want to. So the idea there was that I thought there's a big hole for startups, that there's just not actionable information. Um, and I wanted to have something that we created the content and we owned it long term. Uh, and so that's kind of where it became. And it seems like people really like it. We give it away for free for at least a few days. Uh, because frankly, it helps people hear about AppSumo, and I think it's cool content that I want people to know about. And you said something uh, earlier about emailing a ton of users. I think you said about 100,000 users. Um, and what I've come to realize is that most of your business is uh, is really a- around saying a-, a simple email, and-, and a lot of your email is, is um, really well written. It's It's got uh, some personality in there. There's some in fact, I almost go to the daily to the deal on uh, on the site, and I go back to the email because I think the content's a little bit better in the email. Because I'm like, wow, this is a really, really well written email. That's awesome. That's great to hear. That's really great to. Hear. So the the question I have around that though is that um, is that email is so simple, right? It's been there since the beginning. It's the first thing people heard of whenever they even got exposed to this thing called the internet. I mean, is it trivial just the fact that you can send out an email and get a ton of business like this? I mean, email is, is a pretty simple mechanism is what I'm trying to say to, to attract business. I think the, the thing that, I, that finally dawned on me a few months after starting the business, like I took the, the first six months of this business, I did it as a hobby. I, I was traveling Europe with my girlfriend. I put out a deal for, and I'd make it a two-week deal because I just didn't want to have to look for another deal. Like I wouldn't, put out, I wouldn't even email about the deals because I just, some of the deals I thought, well, that's not that good of a deal or, um, <laughs> or I just didn't have time to write an email because I didn't care. Uh, so only about six months ago, I was just like, you know, this is really cool. I want to make this a bigger project, a bigger business. And and that's when email became more serious. But about two to three months into it, I was thinking, you know, what are the what are the alternates, right? So people come to the site, look at it in terms of a, a math equation. It's like 100% of people come to the site, 80% of people leave. So we have 20%. And then of the 20%, only like, you know, half a percent are going to do like make a purchase, Um you know, what are the best ways that instead of having to, re- excuse me, reinvent the wheel every time that I could keep in touch with people. And so, I, you know, we did find that email is the, you know, the best method so far. If I can make calling people on the phone, I would prefer to do the phone. I think it's a lot more, higher conversion rate and a better experience. It's just uh, our margins and business don't. Right. It's too much time to make phone calls for sure. I mean, emails is obviously the yeah, best I mean, fit there. Like a hundred dollars, then yeah, hell yeah, it makes sense to have like, you know, a few buddies and a few, few people from UT Austin come and stand on a phone all day. Um, but email seems to be the most scalable way of keeping in touch and, and letting people know about the things that we're doing. Another question I have is how, how thick is your inbox? Cause you send all this email from 
your name at uh, AppSumo.com. So, I mean, that is your email address that you just mentioned, too, if they have questions. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's funny because, like, the morning of our deals is, like, I, I, like, part dread it, part anxiety. I'm like, oh, I wonder how the deal is doing. So that I'm excited about it. But I'm also like, oh, f- I wonder how many, like, death threats and complaints and, and you know, bounce emails I get. Uh, and so from the start of AppSumo, and, well, after I got fired from Facebook, I'll tell you, I used to care a lot more about my personal brand, about, oh, Noah Kagan, and that's important. And with AppSumo, and since Facebook, it's about the business, and then my brand and who I am is secondary. So AppSumo is number one, Noah is number two. Um, and so with the emails, though, I always feel like with these companies, it's like, cheers, blah, 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 right? And so unpersonal. And I just felt it would be very unique and, and kind of special for, you know, think about it, you're receiving an email from me. And I stand behind it and I have my name on it and I have our phone number on it. I have, you know, email and Twitter and whatever it is. And you can reply and, you know, someone at the company will respond to you. And I just felt like that was a much better thing. Like this Jet, I called JetBlue today and I, and I, they won't give me my credit. And I asked her, I said, how would you feel if you called JetBlue and you didn't know that your credit would expire and it, it expired? And she's like, well, I'd feel really bad about that. I'm like, well, why don't you do something? <laughs> like, please get off your ass. And so. Make something you, happen. Yeah, and so you email me like, hey, I'm not satisfied with this or I had this question and you're going to get a real person responding within 24 to 48 hours. Uh, and it's, the, you know, one of the founders of a company, which is I, some people find that kind of neat. And I, I like I love I mean, if I could do customer support all day, I would I would do it. I love talking. People are like, why are you talking to the not not people, our teammates, but people on live chat are like, like I'm talking on live chat while I'm talking to you. Um, but. People are like, why do you do live chat? Don't you have other things to do? I'm like, dude, these customers pay our bills and they give us livelihood. Like, I love them. So I want them to be able to talk and reach out to us. And your, your email reply uh, time frame is, is, from what I understand, is pretty quick. It is. I actually have an inbox policy where Mark Andreessen said it, and it's really helped me be more productive. I check email twice a day in the morning before 10 a.m. And then I'll clear out my inbox and then I'll check it after about 5 p.m. Because what I've realized is that everyone has their G- – I used to keep my Gmail tab open uh, and it made me very unproductive because I've, it's reactive. It's a reactive way of working. You basically just do whatever new thing comes in instead of going to a checklist and saying proactively, here are the things I want to accomplish today. And so I have a to-do list where I pick three things each day uh, of that I want to accomplish. So like today I need to finish a presentation. I need to send Eric reads an email. Uh, I need to, and then I need to email FreshBooks and some other companies. So – that's kind of, I respond very quickly morning and night. And then during the day, I'll periodically check it just to see if there's emergencies. Uh, speaking of Eric Reese, uh, the lean startup bundle for South by Southwest, as well as the SuperConf deal were pretty popular bundles as well. What, uh, how did you, and I guess it's probably not rocket science to, to partner with a conference and structure a deal around it, but I mean, it was it that simple. That's the fun. That's a really interesting question. Cause, um, a lot, you know, there's competitors, and I'm sure there'll be more competitors, and maybe they'll listen to this. And so, like, one deal is very easy to get. Like, it's very easy to kind of go to one guy and be like, hey, let's promote you, and then you do it. To do, you know, now we're doing five a week, and next every week, and every day. Like, that's where it actually becomes tough. I think um, you got over $100,000, $150,000 in cash and prizes in that one. It's sold out now, but, I mean, it was $99. Yeah, that was insane. So that's actually really – this is where I love Eric Grease. The way it started, uh, we've done the lean, a lean bundle twice. The, the way the original one started and we got in contact with Eric uh, was Patrick Vlaskovitz at PV uh, emailed me. He was like, hey, man, I got this book called Cuss Dev. It's pretty good. Why don't we bundle it with Eric Rees' ebooks and then some others and we'll sell it? And I was like, all right, let's do it. And then the next week we had that bundle going. I think it was like three weeks until it was live. Uh, I'm kind of more of an action-oriented person. And so that's why I have, well, we can talk about Andrew Chen, and I think that's a really important point. Uh, I'm very like very execution and ta- and tactical, and so it's like, hey, let's do this bundle. All right, two weeks later, we had that bundle live, um, and then basically the way that that bundle happened is Eric is like, here are the companies. Let me introduce the CEOs, and he's just it's just like God said, let there be light, and light came. <laughs> right, and well, Eric's so- he's pretty powerful these days. I mean, over this past year and a half with the lean startup methodology and all that he's been doing to, I guess, create, uh, gain awareness and raise awareness towards pivoting and how to, you know, run a lean business and what it really means to run a lean business and not just put quotes around it and say, this is a cool thing to say and do for my company that I actually really am lean. He's been doing a lot of fun stuff and creating a lot of buzz and a lot of, a lot of wealth for people too. Eric, I don't want to make him too much of a godlike, but he's basically God, dude. The guy's awesome. Well, I mean, one, he's sharp as hell Two, He's friendly. And I think I love what he's created in terms of philosophy and movement. I mean, action videos, I think 
Eric's, basically Eric's created the outline and the framework for people to build their startups. And, and I kind of look at our action videos on AppSumo as the, you know, if it's painting by colors, we're providing some of the paint to, to fill in your framework. So it's like we sell the tools and actually a lot of the feedback we got was like, hey, you're selling all these tools. Like I can only buy so many. What do I do with them or how do I make them more effective? Uh, but yeah, so that bundle, coming back to your original point, yeah, Eric Reese said, let it be so. And I, I was kind of like a waitress. I just took the orders. Took the orders and made it happen. But there was a lot of, I mean, not only that, but and there's a ton of content on that page. So not only all the all the time and energy put into making it happen, which in this case, it just kind of happened for you. But building all that content for the page and, and providing that, um, you know, all the action points. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this particular bundle. And then even so, in the, the super comp bundle, there's only... Uh, five in comparison to, I'm guessing, roughly around 30 in the South by deal. But that's yeah. that's a lot of time put into the content as well. I mean, that just shows that you really, really care about uh, the people that are buying from you and, and your customers. Yeah, I mean, we love our customers. I mean, there's a few I want to fire because I think they're they're kind of rude to us and there's no reason to be mean. Um, but yeah, we everybody, I, lo- I love the people with AppSumo. How do you fire? Uh, like just some people are just like harassing us about things or like we have free videos and they're like, give me my free video. I'm like, seriously? Like, you're probably not going to be a good customer for our partners, so I don't want to keep sending you things. I haven't really officially fired anyone, or I guess I could take them off our email list. Um, it's just like, I don't, there's no need to be rude to us. <laughs> and for the most part, like 99.99% people, percent of people are, are cool. The funny thing about bundles is, well, two things. One, I, I put together some, I think, awesome bundles. And this, these are the ones that I've done. And, it, like, they're, and I was like, man, this bundle is going to make a million dollars. Uh, and then it ends up making like a few hundred or a few thousand. And it's like, fuck, I just spent two weeks making that bundle or two months getting it ready. And then it's total flop. So it's hard to know what's going to work. That That's kind of disappointing. Trial and, and error. the second thing is, what's that? Trial and error. I mean, you have to, you can't just go out there and, and not swing. You have to swing to, to actually hit the ball. Yeah. To- I mean, my new, one of my new favorite quotes is you have to break some eggs to make an omelet. And I'm kind of on a healthy side. So I mostly do egg white omelets, but there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I should have bad. Uh, you can open a can at that point. I'm not a can, but uh... actually, I do. I have the one of the pouring things. It's like in a milk-looking container, like in the one. That, anyways, and the second thing is now I have a team, um, and I don't call anybody employees. Everyone's a partner or a teammate. Um, they they are the, the stars. So what I actually do? There's a book called Maverick, um, and so we have you know we have Matt now who leads all the deals. We have Hans who's joining him. We have Nicola who does everything. Uh, Chad and Nick, who do uh, development, and we have David, who's helping on video, uh, making the action videos, and so there's a lot of people um, that do the work. And now my job is to be like, you know, what are the bottlenecks? What sucks about your day? How do I help you like working at AppSumo more? Uh, how do I, you know, how do I get them to feel ownership? Where like, you know, some of my favorite things, like one of my favorite things ever, is when they come back to me and they're like, hey man, this was broken or this sucks, I fixed it, and I'm like. You just did it on your own initiative, like yeah, yeah. I just it sucked. I wanted to fix it, and it's just like ah, oh, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like every day do that. Um, so yeah, that it's a lot of people. I mean, these guys, Matt, Nicola, Hans, Chad, Nick, um, they're really driving the next level of the business. You mentioned Andrew Chen. Let's talk about your advisors for a bit. And I got a couple of questions around this, and then we'll ask you one final question, and we'll we'll call it a day. But it's it's been a fun conversation. Is it bad if we go longer, or do you want to keep it to a certain amount of time? This is kind of fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, we can. If the listeners tune out, then I guess it's their fault because they missed out on good info from somebody who's really smart and is doing really well and having fun doing it. So I think that's ultimately probably what they want to do too if they're a listener of the show. So um, why don't we give them a bonus if they stick to the end? Then they, might, they could skip to the end, couldn't they? Okay, so if it'll be somewhere around the end. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around the end, we'll give a bonus to someone who's listening. There you go. Um, so, questions I have around your advisors in general was, you know, how do you, how did you make these connections, and in general, what are some of these advisors get from being an advisor of AppSumo and, and being a partner with you in, in this case? Uh, it's been different things. So, a few of the advisors have equity, uh, so they act, they have equity in the company. Um, other advisors are they get the promotion credibility. Um, we, they kind of curated some of the deals, so they told me what things to get, and then they helped promote it with their audience. Uh, Andrew Chen specifically is our super advisor, and he, I probably talked to I mean, he's also a good friend of mine. probably talked to him every day, every other day. And Andrew, I mean, has changed. He's doubled our business, uh, bar none. And what he provides is a, a lot more macro-level strategic thinking, 
And it's not that I'm not good at it. Actually, I'm just not as good at it as he is. He's just really good. Like sometimes you're a little too much focused on the micro and the, the inside of your business. Uh, getting him as an advisor and just thinking more through strategy has helped double the business in terms of like thinking about our margins, thinking about the deals we do. How do we do the deals? Who are we hiring? Who are we working with? Um, how does our business run? And just criticizing it, evaluating it and helping test new methods is just like double. I mean, I'll say it again, double the business overnight because of Andrew Chen. Oh, not overnight, double the business within about two to three months because of him. Wow. And he's got a book out. What is his book? Uh, well, Andrew Chen blog is what he writes on. Um, but he, he runs his own startup that is in stealth mode. I don't, he, I think his business should be called stealth mode cause he's always in stealth. And, uh, you got some other cool advisors too. One from Kissmetrics, um, Sean Ellis, marketing guru. Um, I don't know if, if guru is a good word to use. I think that's a bad word these days, isn't it? I don't know what's cool or not. I'm, I'm Maybe getting... he's a rock star. He's probably a rock star. <laughs> You're, how old are you, Adam? 32. See, shit, man, I worry that, like, I'm missing things that, like, these 21-year-old guys are seeing that I'm like, that looks stupid. And they're like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. And then, like, it's a big thing in a year. So I do worry that I, I got I to gotta stay hip somehow. Somehow. I, hip is, hip is uh, it's all relative. So I also, uh, I also love your phone number. I'm just curious if it's powered by Grasshopper. The, my personal one? Uh, 415-886-SUMO. No, it's actually a Google Voice number. Sweet. You can get them. They're free. I mean, I don't, it doesn't cost shit. It just it goes right to my cell phone. It's actually an amazing thing. One of our mottos is called a customer for life. And I love that because so many times you just have a bad experience or, or you just have an average experience. And so I think it's really cool if you call a company and the founder answers the phone. Like the chief sumo is like, hey, it's Noah. And you say it with an excited, positive voice. And sometimes I'm, I'm busy, or I'm, so I'm not going to answer it. I'll put it to voicemail. But like, if you call and you get like the chief sumo on one or two rings and like I resolve your problem or I help you, like you remember that for a long time. And you tell your buddy a drink, like it's kind of cool. Yeah, I call this company today, App Sumo, whatever. And like there, this guy Noah, I guess he's one of the founders or something. He answered and he helped me out and he hooked me up with something else. And like we talked for thirty minutes and, and I don't know, it's just a memorable experience. So I love that I have a you know a number. Not as many people call as I would, you know, maybe I don't want them to as much, but not as many people, not that many people call, but it is nice when they call and I get to, I get to talk to them. I mean, shit, they're, they're visiting our site. I don't think people, I think people take that for granted. You know, it's like when I was at Facebook, we had like, you know, 50,000 people join in a day and it's like, okay, that's, that's just a number. But you don't realize that those are lives and humans and fears and they have all their stuff going on. It's cool that people are taking moments or time out of their day to, to give your, what we've created attention and they actually like it too. So that, that's a, it's a great feeling. So what, what actually made you feel like, I mean, to do that, what, I mean, is that just something you were like one day, I'm, yeah, I got to treat customers great. I'm going to start doing this. Um, in the last business in Gambit, we used to have a phone number and it would be the customers who are trying to get their Facebook credits and they're from the games calling and they'd be like, you man, where's my, where's my Farmville credits? You know, some hick guy in the Midwest or some mid, you know, we had people call who said, how can I use my child support check to get my coins? And I was like, you need to take care of your kids. Uh, and, but I, I guess I just love that interaction. And I think I, I, it's kind of, it is just more model about how I'd like to deal with other businesses where I want to call someone like, yes, it's nice to get an email, but I have to wait. So I just want to be able to call and get it resolved. Um, and so I'm like, well, shit, we should have a phone number and let it call and be resolved, uh, instead of, you know, waiting five rings. So that is just more of like, how would I like to, you know, how would I like to interact with those other businesses? So you can have that motto though, but who is actually in charge of, or is there anybody really in charge of watching the phone and whose phone does it ring? It, it always rings my phone. Okay. So it's your personal phone. Like, so the one sitting right next to you right now, your personal phone that you'll answer tonight at nine, that's your phone. Uh, it varies on times when I, like if I'm busy working, I won't answer it. But for the most part, like I do reading every morning from 10 to 1030. Um, but if I'm not busy or eating lunch or something like that, I'll, I'll answer it. I'll call them back or I'll email them back or yeah. I mean, I, I try to my best to do it. It's, it's hard. Someone actually told me they, they, they're like, yeah, no, I answered it on Thanksgiving. And I was like, nice. <laughs> I was like, go me. You actually answered your phone on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't know. I was probably just hanging out. Hmm. Well, there you go then. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's funny cause it's the things that are unique and counterintuitive that are going to be remembered. Um, it, like if you build something and everything is good except 1%, it's like that 1% that they, they recall like, oh yeah, you know, it was all good, but they did this and they remember that one part. And so I want that 1% of our thing to be unique. Like, oh, Absum was cool, but you know, I called them and they, they talked to me and I love those guys now. Or I called them and they gave me a free ebook or they gave me $15 credit or 
he helped me solve one problem on my own personal business. Like a lot of times people will get on the live chat and be like, oh, here's my startup. Can you check it out? And like, yeah, email me or let's do it right now. And uh, I think that's a little more, you know, we just like talking to the people and hanging out with them and be interacting with the people that are helping support AppSumo. So for the the potential partners out there that are listening right now and they hear you talking about just this in general, this kind of scenario, how can people reach out to you and, and actually um, engage with you and start doing a deal or whatever uh, your offers or whatever you're calling them? Yeah, so uh, we call them deals, I guess, specials. Um, what, what's really interesting, uh, I think a lot of things are interesting. What we've set up in terms of our business is systems and processes, and I think that's something that I'm really excited about as we are you know, moving from, you know, hey, is this working to it's working, let's try to grow it. Uh, so the system now is you submit your business to appsumo.com slash business, and then Matt or Hans, who are the sales or biz dev sumos, uh, kind of pick the deals they want to do, and I let them run everything around that. They decide the calendar, they decide uh, pricing, the partnerships, agreements, things like that. So if you have questions or have any issues, Noah at AppSumo, or you can call the number, uh, and I'll get back to you as well. But for businesses, we, we have a system where you submit there, and that, that helps organize uh, following up with people. So how important, I mean, you said systems. I mean, how often do you think businesses fail with creating systems? Oh, it's huge. It's huge, dude. And it's so nice because it makes things predictable. So, like, for example, um, I think a lot of businesses fail. Just, it basically reduces time waste, and you could focus on higher-level value. Uh, and so an example of that is like we do a deal and then we have to pay the customer. We have to pay the partner. And it was kind of like I would put it in my calendar and I would have an email reminder using followup.cc or it would just be all over the place. And so I was talking with Matt and I was like, man, we have got to resolve this. There's like got to be a better way. So what we did is very simple. We have an Excel spreadsheet and any company we put on the site, we put them on. We say the day they're on and we add 30 days. And then after the deal is over, we go and put in their amount. And then we, I told the accountant, I said, accountant, go to the sheet, look at it, and pay it when they need to be paid. Uh, and so instead of it being all over the place and people would be like, hey, when am I supposed to get paid? I'm like, I don't know when you get paid. I think it's 30 days. Is it 30 days? Um, there's a sheet that basically it's you know updated and tracked and organized that we can make sure that partners get paid on time. And so that's kind of a small example, but it's an example of businesses, anything redundant or repetitive should be organized and put into a process or a system because then you can actually even improve it. I think probably the tough part is really just uh, finding out how to systemize things. I think it's probably a, a big thing that people have issues with. I know that I t- uh, tend to resolve around that. I, I like system myself, but I don't always have the, the intuitiveness to understand how to create it into a system. Well, I think the two things with that. So one, there's, I think Jeff Bezos said it really well. Uh, there's a re- regret minimization framework, which is like, you want to live your life with the least amount of regrets. And so I think that's a great video that everyone should go watch. But the second thing that was really interesting was he used the word framework. Um, and so Andrew Chen has really taught me that. And what we try to do is make decisions based on models and, and numbers, not just gut feeling. So if we're going to do a deal, we make a budget. And we see like, all right, is this deal going to be good for our customers? Is it good for us? Is it good for the partner? And that's even before we even work with them. And so I'd say with the system, what's really important is just getting something set up. It doesn't even have to be great, but it's getting a set up one and then revamping it and improving it. So get your baseline so you can be like, man, this is really crappy. All right, well, what's crappy about that? Well, we have to do this and this and this. All right, well, let's remove that here, move that up. But it's getting it in place and then following through with it. Um, Also, putting things on your calendar automatically. Like I have a reminder every day, 10 o'clock, read a book. And because it's there, it's very simple that every day I'm going to get my reminder. It's 10 o'clock. All right, time to read. And it's already blocked out, so I won't schedule it to do other things. That's a small system I've put in place to make sure I'm reading every day. Every day at 10. 10 to 10.30, you try to call. I'm not going to answer. Um, or I'm doing like my insanity workout. There you go. Insanity is cool. Um, so you've had a quite of a history. I mean, you've done lots of fun stuff. You made some mistakes. You've uh, done something really well with AppSumo. You're having fun. You don't have employees. You have teammates and you have uh, partners. What uh, what kind of advice can you give to the startups or the people that are listening to the show? They're like, you know, I'm creating something. It could be a small consultancy. It could be a big company. It could be a product. What kind of advice can you give them about uh, about creating happiness and pursuing happiness? It's uh, a good question. So I'd say the things for me that have worked really well and what I that I'd suggest for a lot of other people is one, just build something that you'll use yourself. So I built a conference called Community Next, and it ended like the first conference made me forty thousand dollars profit. 
And I didn't build it to make a profit. I built it because I said, hey, I want to build a conference and I'll build a conference with free alcohol and Hawaiian food and speakers from Suicide Girls and Hot or Not because that's who I've always wanted to see and not the generic people. So I'd say, and I, and I basically was like, well, if no one else comes, I don't care because at least I'll be in attendance and I want to hear these speakers and I want to go to this kind of event. So I say you can never go wrong fulfilling your passion or something you're interested in. You just can't because as long as you build something that satisfies your own need, it's great. But if you build something that you don't really understand, I think it's much more challenging to persevere or when there's a tough time or just keep it going. Or like at Facebook, we built the products that we wanted. We never had to ask anybody. We were like, what feature should we do next? Well, what, what's our biggest problem with Facebook? Um, number two, I would say, is you got to do something today. Like if you really want to do it, if you're in a job or part-time and you're like, oh, I've had this idea. Or man, Noah gets to work from Costa Rica, which I did in December. Or like, look at this lifestyle they get to do. Or, you know, do it today. Like, there's no reason to not. Like, if you really want something to do it, do it today. And I think you could start very simple. I think people put up barriers to prevent themselves from succeeding. They're like, oh, well, I need a lawyer. Or, oh, I need to build the website. Or, oh, I need to do more research. And AppSumo was built probably in about a week, the core product. And within a month, we had a deal with Imgur and Reddit. And it was very easy to see, all right, it kind of worked or it didn't work. And it, it did work. So I was like, all right, well, let's now pursue it a little further. Um, so I'd say remove your barriers from starting it today. Like, what is stopping you from, from doing it today? Uh, and I think those are the two key things that I've seen for a lot of startups in terms of why they fail. Either they're building something that isn't for themselves. It also might just not be that valuable. Um, Adam, can we pause for two seconds, actually? Sure. Thanks. It's a call. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of push it to the email. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I would say... I thought you were answering it, so that's why I was... Oh, I, I told him I'd call him back because I'm in an important... I'm like, shit. It's just a guy. I don't have his number. So, okay. Uh, oh, so what I was saying is like passion. I would say start it today. And then probably a, a, another thing is just make something invaluable. Um, a lot of people build businesses and I'm like, you know, how important is that? Like it could be very small, like boil it down to its essence, validate it in a week. Email me if you're like, Hey, I don't know how to validate it. I will show you exactly how to validate it in a week. Um, Why don't you make that an action video? It's actually a good one. I helped my friend build, like he spent five years trying to finally get off his ass and do something. Um, and he wanted to build a catering business. So basically like an eBay for food. So you can go on order food and it would get delivered from caterers. Um, and he was just like, Oh, I got to build the site and what's the backend going to be in and what language. And I was like, dude, 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 all wrong. Email 20 friends, ask them to PayPal you 20 bucks, go to Craigslist, find a caterer, say you'd pay him, you know, 10 times 20 or 10 times 15, keep five for yourself. And if that works, then you have something and you could build it out. If you don't, then let's go back to the drawing board. And I think 13 of the 20 paid him the money. He found a caterer and he made a few bucks. And so it's like, all right, he validated that in a weekend when he was visiting me in Austin versus the five years he didn't do shit. Hmm. So um, simple, simple ways to validate. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of easy ways. I'm actually working on an article around that, which is like email, Craigslist, in-person, family, friends. Like there's all these things that you could do to validate businesses much quicker than waiting to build something, than wasting time building something. Right. Um, I think that people you, actually do get caught up in like, uh, for example, I want to start a podcast. What mic should I use? Or I want to start a website. Uh, what backend should I use? I don't know how to program. You, you, like you said, you tend to put up barriers and you never get past those barriers. And next thing you know, you're, uh, you're a cubicle monkey. <laughs> Dude, I, I've been kind of looking at it called, I don't have a great name for it. It's kind of called OST. Um, and so I think once you start getting that going, you need to make decisions around like, a, it's called OST, which is like objective strategy tactic. Um, and so it's like, if you're doing something, it's like, what's your objective? What do you want to accomplish with it? What are the different strategies you can do it? And then what are the tactics you're going to implement to make that happen? Um, and that, that's actually been really helpful in terms of once I got something going, thinking about it, I wish I had that from the beginning. I, I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, shit. I'm a horrible writer. I've got like fourth grade grammar. Well, well then so. just uh, do what Gary did, uh, Gary V with his book and do it on audio and have somebody else write it for you. I mean, he didn't have a, he didn't have a ghost writer, but he put his thoughts in audio and an editor, a writer, someone who was more eloquent with words, uh, basically wrote it for him. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize he did that. Yeah, that's that's how Crush It came to be, and it was actually one of the one of the better books I've read, and I read it in about three to four hours, I think it was. But uh, an awesome, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic book. I'd recommend it for anybody who wants to pursue their passion. Like you mentioned, passion, right? That's one thing he's really pushing in there. It, it's a lot about how to use social networks and those things, but really the whole entire essence of the book is how to tap into your passion and how to live for your passion, and that's that's a key to your story. What did you walk away with? Because I, I thought the book was just okay. Like, what did you like about it? Well, I, 
what did I like about it? I think the reason why I'm sitting in this chair right now talking to you is one thing I liked about it because at the time I was pretty pessimistic about what I wanted to do with podcasting in general and what I wanted to do with my passion. And, and what I took away from that book was not so much how to use it. wasn't a how-to book for me. It was like, dude, get off your butt. Dude, do it now. Uh, be excited about what you're doing. Live for your passion and help people. And that's that's sort of where this podcast came from and, and why we're here talking today. That was that was a big part of it. Have you ever emailed him to tell him that? Um, no, I don't think so. I didn't. I don't think so. No. <laughs> you tell him that. I mean, that's I mean Gary kind of Gary doesn't know me, know me, but he knows me. Like if I was standing in a crowd, he would be like, hey, Adam, what's up? He's like way too friendly. That's my problem with him. He's like, I always wonder about people that are super friendly. <laughs> Because he's like, hey, what's up, brother? I'm like, dude. You don't even know me that well. You kind of know me, but you don't know me. But, well, that's cool. Whatever. I was outside your window last week. Don't you know me, dog? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I actually felt that way around four-hour work week. And I know there's there's two parties of like, oh, that's you know good stuff. And, oh, that's bad stuff. And, oh, Tim works 100 hours a week. Like, that's besides the point. I just think his book was a good – it's like the lean startup before the lean startup got to be well-known. Right. Well, it's, it's certainly – made you think outside the box, right? He did a lot of very creative, very life-hacking things that were way off the norm for people's normal red lines. Like, it's just not what you would normally do. And I think he broke a lot of the rules and tested a lot of things and tried a lot of things and really wanted to, you know, you know, live in a, you know, a different country and do business from the beach and drink, drink uh, margaritas whenever you wanted and stuff like that. So he started designing his life around that, and, and that was pretty cool. Seems to have worked out pretty well for him. So uh, last question I got for you, Noah, is, is um, even though this has been a, a fabulous conversation, I've learned a lot myself. And audience, if you're still listening, um, this is going to be the killer question right here. So heads up. So Noah, what is super secret for AppSumo? What is on the cusp? What has not been released? What does no one else in this world at all know about besides you and your team? Uh, what's coming up on the horizon for AppSumo? And what can you tell us today about that? Dude, now you're getting me all nervous. Um What is coming up that's really cool? Um, we're going to start spending a lot of money on advertising. Is that kind of secret? Is that not a good one? Were you, were you want something like my like like my social security number? Nah, something that's uh, that like the next cool thing that you're going to be doing. That's uh, maybe everyone's been demanding it. No one knows it's coming. Um, you know, something that the, the community around AppSumo has been saying, Noah, you got to offer this or you got to do that, or these are cool things you could do. And no one knows they're coming up, but uh, you're going to surprise some people, make some people happy. We're working on a, I mean, this actually just came out today, which is kind of cool. We're going to work with, um, we're going to try to put on another charity games bundle. We did it in, in December. So work with like PopCat and we'll, we'll try to get some big name uh, games uh, for charity, which we did in December. And I think we raised like, $8,000 for the National Wildlife Federation. Remember the oil spills in Mexico? Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that because that's one of the things you got covered in, in the TechCrunch article that got covered for you. That's, that's, that's really cool, actually. 50% of the sales that went to the, towards that deal went to the Gulf Coast, uh, the Gulf oil spill. That was the uh, startup bundle. Oh, sorry. Me. No, no, no. We did, we, that one had $5,000, I think. And then we did a Windows holiday bundle for children, which I think we raised about – oh, no, we did it for Charity Water. And that raised $8,000. No, I mean, it's not billions, but, you know, at least we're making an effort. And so I'm excited to do the games one again. I think in another month or two, we'll do the games bundle. I'm sorry that wasn't like a super secret. We just don't have much secret stuff. Like, I would tell you. <laughs> well, you didn't let me down, don't worry. And I don't think the audience is let down either. I just, uh, uh, I, I probably built it up a little bit too much. I was I was thinking, you know, Noah's wild. He's, he's got something up his sleeve. Maybe he's going to just knock him dead, but... Uh... I mean, nothing's really secret. All we're, I mean, what we're trying to do is really five deals a week that are really good and keep making the customers happy. I mean, there's no secret to it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's just more of like doing it right. Doing it right. That's, that's good. And, and obviously, treating your customers well, having passion about your business, giving people equity, having not employees but teammates and partners, and enjoying life. Anybody who made it this far in the interview, if they email me, I'll give them a special thing. Noahapsumo.com. So if they've made it this far, they get a special prize. Well, I, I hope everybody makes it this far. So you might get uh, quite a few emails. So if uh, if you're still listening, email Noah and he'll he'll hook you up with something uh, something awesome. Well, no, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to to have this 
hour and 11 minutes and 53 seconds with you today. I think you've got a ton of fun stuff going on with AppSumo. I, I, I envy you in a couple ways and in a lot of ways. And I, I love the business you've built. I've enjoyed buying from you. So thanks uh, for being awesome around that. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.